Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. This is episode 130, and I am your host. I have deposed the captain. I am Stubby Stan, and Kali uh, Adams isn't here. Ha 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 ha. We told him it was a different day and a different time, so uh, he's gonna miss this episode. Uh, but I am here with my brother from the uh, another mother. He is the guy who makes gaming looks good. He makes STEM look good. He makes Afros look good. He holds Milwaukee down for real, for real. He is the one and only Mr. Shreve Jackson. How are you today, sir? I'm good. I don't know if I agree with this deposition, though. Um, I'm, oh. I mean, there's constitutional things we have to go through. There has to be an impeachment process. It has to pass two thirds, you know, you know, majority of the Senate. And, and 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 like you know that Congress ain't doing shit, so right. I, I, I don't know, man. Hey, I I, just, I pulled an executive order, man. Oh, okay. I, I just you know I just make shit happen. Okay, so, um, I think so it's temporary. When in the course of human events, he steps right. in. Is okay. what they say. Yeah, it is. Wow, there it is. Wow, look at that. Look I'm at just that. saying. No, no, right. no, this this is this is like those shows or movies like Twenty Four or like. Um, or that Harrison, I forgot that movie, Executive Decision, where they always pull out like the Twenty Fifth Amendment, like that always comes yes. out. It's like by the Twenty Fifth yes. Amendment, I'm the House, right. I'm you know, I'm, I'm the Chief of Staff, I'm President now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Matter matter of fact, Keith Keith Sutherland is going to be uh, the President of the United oh, States. Oh, that's right. Pulling pulling the Twenty Fifth Amendment, uh, some Twenty Fifth Amendment type mess. Uh, that's right. I uh, forgot and, about yeah, that. Yeah, ABC. I forgot what the shit like accidental president or something, some dumb mess like that. Um, but yeah, so so really funny. Um, by the time you guys hear this, we will have finished the Olympics, the Olympic events. Um, but uh, my son and I were watching the Olympics. Uh, it was like the men's 1500 meter race or something. And it was like five Africans and one white dude were in the lead and they're just running these, you know, uh, like uh, uh, Eastern Africans, so you know, just running and they're doing the thing. And my son goes, yeah, it looks like the cast of Captain Phillips. And wow. I was like, <laughs> oh no! I'm the captain now. I am the track star oh, now. Man. <laughs> yes, was, oh man, that was probably the funniest thing I've heard all week. So, uh, shout out to my boy. Um, he's a big dummy, but I love him. And, and sometimes he says really smart things. Uh, he gets a sense of humor from his dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've definitely been obsessed with the Olympics, and of course, everybody's been talking about you know Bolt. And like Allison right. Felix and people, but I want to give shout out to Ashton Eaton. Like this dude, yes, one yes. is defended the decathlon, right? Like right. ten events, two straight Olympics. Yeah. I mean, this dude is incredible, and I feel like yeah, he doesn't he get the shine. Uh, but man, he's like he's literally a superhero. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> the greatest athlete on the planet. Yeah, yep. it is nuts, there, and there is. and like the dude is twenty eight. He's twenty eight years old. I, I don't remember uh, what I was doing when I was twenty eight, but it sure as hell was not that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was. I, I might have been doing. I, I I don't even want to talk about <laughs> what kind of athlons I was doing at twenty eight exactly. years exactly. old. <laughs> what, what ten events were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, only oh. only that's a that's a uh, spawn on me after dark oh, answer. Right there, oh maybe. no, <laughs> <laughs> that escalated uh, quickly. Right, 
And scene. Um, but uh, you know what? Uh, someone uh, who was who is a superhero and is incredible uh, was our guest from last week, Ryan Jockett, who uh, created the amazingly fun in Versus, um, whom the critics are loving. Yep. So, uh, you know, congratulations, Ryan. Uh, the game is everything that I said it was. Um, you know, uh, it is what we thought it was, and we didn't let it off the hook. Um, shout out to Denon Green. Rest in peace, brother. All right, um, Yes, great, 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 great game. Great, great interview. Thanks so much, everyone, for the feedback. We really, really enjoyed our time with Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a great interview. Um, I know we definitely sold a few copies because I had some people kind of tweeting to me saying that they were checking out the uh, the uh, game since it was only fifteen bucks. And I w- I went online on a PC, and I tell you, people are already really good at this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like like I was looking at the leaderboards. I mean, as 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 a matter of fact, Ryan shared out that his scores have gotten. Uh, overthrown already, <laughs> and, and he made amazing. the game. I'm like, oh my right. god! You know, it's it's, it's amazing when uh, the pioneers become surpassed by uh, by the by the newcomers. And uh, speaking of pioneers, because I'm a Segway king, that was awesome. <laughs> our our guest our guest today <clears throat> is exactly that a pioneer. Um, <laughs> he he is. He is a um, currently he is the senior editor uh, for games and entertainment, I believe, at commonsense.org. dot org and, and websites uh, actually and oh oh and websites yeah. not entertainment and websites <laughs> I, I'd love and websites but I don't think my boss would uh, hey would, listen would just tell him tell him I said it, it was oh okay, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah um, but but if if you've if you've been following IGN for a number of years like I have, uh, if you've been following their podcasts for a number of years like I have, you have heard this person's name. And maybe you've even heard this person's voice. Um, but if you're an idiot just like me, um, you wouldn't have known until, like like me, when I met him at E3, that this cat was a brother. He has a great tan. Um for, formerly of IGN, currently of Common Sense or dot org, it's Mr. Jeff Haynes. Jeff, how you doing today, sir? I, I'm doing great. Uh, shout out to Bricago. Uh, Thank you. I mean, Thank I'm, you. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to how to follow up that that intro that's that's very <laughs> generous to me uh but uh but thank you for having me on i appreciate it um yeah. it's, it's great to talk to you outside of uh e3 context it's also good that uh now that you're outside of the haunted hotel <laughs> yes. you know you're back home you're safe oh wow because i'm going see, going see, on? see oh yeah see reef you didn't oh. hear about this like like yeah. we're, we're at we're at e3 sitting back and all of a sudden C breaks out. Oh yeah, I'm I'm on. Uh, I'm at this hotel, and it was like, don't you know that place is haunted? Is this the state on Maine? It's just like, that's the haunted hotel. And he's like, well, I knew something was up. My Wi-Fi was just all wrong. It's like, no, it's, right. it's not just the Wi-Fi. The place is haunted. Like all your emails are getting sucked to like you know somebody who's dead, and they're answering them. That's why it's right. it's messed up. Those are some boring ghosts if they're messing around with Wi-Fi and email. 
Oh, uh, well, this this is the whole, like, Elisa Lamb, like, disappearance and everything. Like, they renamed yeah. the hotel and, oh, and everything like that. Oh, yeah. So, so that, yeah. yeah, so that's okay. the hotel he was wow. staying in. And it was just like, yeah. like, he said that, and I was like, get your stuff and get out. Well, like, you want to get back home safe. This is why he picked it, because he is, he, he is Bracago's premier uh, parapsychologist uh, or whatever the Ghostbusters yes. are called. Yes. Yeah, I am, I am a paranormal expert. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, so I mean everything everything about uh where I stayed was just was just atrocious. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, it was perfect for me. It was perfect for me. It you know, like the the area that I stayed in was like uh Times Square in 1985 and yes. and the hotel looked like it was directly out of Ghostbusters from 1985. <laughs> you know, beautiful beautiful decor. But just the most haunted place you could ever be. Exactly. Um, it was it was amazing. It was amazing. I went and I got uh, I got uh, waffles from Zool, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 some Gozer juice. And, uh, and you slept four feet above your covers. Is that it? Yes, exactly. Yes, it, it, yes. it just added to the experience. It added yeah, to absolutely. The experience. Absolutely. It was it was amazing. Shout out to Stay on Main. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, LA's greatest hostel. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So I, you know, I met I met Jeff down in uh, in LA. Um, also, shout out to uh, Marsha Morgan, who is uh, one of the hosts of the Mommy Mommy Gamers podcast. If you are uh, a mommy or a daddy or a parent or someone who just likes a good gaming conversation, go ahead and check out Mommy Gamers. Uh, so, um, who introduced me to Jeff? Uh, but I I didn't know Jeff by uh, by face, but I knew him by reputation. As I said before, uh, Jeff was one of the pioneers, one of the creators of Podcast Beyond. Beyond, which. Yeah, yeah, beyond. beyond. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to say that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and uh, you know, we've we've had uh, a a another former podcast beyond luminary, Mister um, Colin Moriarty, on the show, and uh, we've talked about his time on Beyond. But you guys kind of, I don't think you guys actually, uh, you guys didn't uh, cross paths on on the show. No, you were at IGN for a while. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I started freelancing uh, at IGN. I freelanced at IGN for four years doing PC work, and uh, off and on there were there were all these opportunities that kept popping up. But I was down in LA, and mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, but I also know San Francisco's a little pricey, and right. what what's <laughs> <laughs> what what the price was was just not right. You know, it was, right. was kind of like trying to get that that showcase showdown, and it just wasn't right at the, <laughs> at the time. And then, uh, you know, basically four years later, uh, everything opened up. There was a there was a PlayStation spot open, and uh, basically picked up and moved from from Southern California up to up to NorCal and uh, worked there for four years. And Colin Colin came in uh, a few years. After he'd been doing a lot of uh, guide work, like uh, right. on the East Coast, and then right. uh, a guide spot popped up, and he he started working on that. So so he was like uh, he was on the other side of like the the cube wall, um, right? 
like uh, uh like in in the office so you know we'd we'd pop over and we'd like tell them hey this is what we're working on or this is what we're seeing or you know if we'd see a demo or whatever we'd like give him info because he'd have to like crank out guides on you know kingdom hearts or metal gear solid yeah. three or whatever <laughs> else you know and it's just like well we've been playing it for like the past 30 40 50 hours so here's what we right. know yeah, right. it, you know, it, it's so funny that you mentioned cue balls because when I was in the iGen offices for GDC, obviously this is 2016, so much later right. after, after you left, but cube was like the last thing that I would think of. It was like, I mean, there were very low wall cubes yeah. and just piles and piles of awesome things all around. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it, Well, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because like when, when I wound up leaving, like we were still talking about the move from from Brisbane where we were like out on the bay into the city and uh, like they were talking about stuff like that and then um, I wound up leaving and a few years later the company that I was working with was acquired by Ziff and we were put right. on the same floor. So it was just like, how did karma basically manage to get me like, <laughs> right. like wandering out like, like Moses and everybody like out into the wilderness. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like returning back. It's just like, how did that work? How in the world did that work? So, so yeah, I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause I've like, I was in there was working with like same floor, same, same people. Uh, and yeah, the cube walls were down. It was just like bullpen style. Everybody was like, you know, bouncing things back and forth and and i've been there like back and forth too with like gdc and right. a few of the other events that have popped up there too so yeah it's right. it's it's different it's it's totally different but it is kind of like a playground like a lot of stuff just like all over the place <laughs> it was it was like so, that back then it was just like a lot more uh a lot more places that you could hide behind for like the nerf wars like nerf zookas right. and shooting everybody with, <laughs> with darts right and uh and Hillary Goldstein doing Cobra Commander all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there was a bit of the, it, like he he spent a lot of time like practicing that before he he started using it on on right. red lights. Yeah. So so and and you know that's kind of where I wanna I wanna start with you. Um, and you know we can start at the beginning, but we'll 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 go back to the beginning. But but right now I kind of want to talk about podcasting and mm-hmm. and you know this medium for for our genre was kind of pioneered by you guys uh, you know obviously uh Danny Pena over at Game Attack Radio mm-hmm. he started his thing really really small but he was very independent yeah. um you know didn't have uh, you know had to generate a user base right. had to generate a community whereas you know IGN was one of the biggest at the time when you guys started was probably already the biggest gaming website in the world mm-hmm. and then you guys dove into this thing called the podcast um and uh you know i guess really you started with game scoop but but when you decided to do these genre specific ones like how did how did that conversation begin and and you know finally to make that decision to actually start podcast beyond yeah uh basically one of the things that was going on and uh i mean Big big shout out to uh, to Dunham and to Greg right. and you know and to to Juan and <laughs> uh, like we we had so and, and Clements you can't you can't right. forget you know Clements um, but uh, like basically when when we started the whole thing the the idea was essentially like you know 
we were all used to just cranking up pieces. It was one of those things where we were, we'd walk in and it's like, okay, so what are we cranking out today? And usually it was like, you know, you're cranking two, three pieces a day minimum right. on right. what on what you were working on. And that was just like, you know, news piece and a, maybe a review and, you know, a feature or some, something else or like working with the video team and everything else. And when uh, social media really started blowing up and podcasts started getting more more of a feature and a feature space it was one of those things like well should we even like jump into this or not and uh the the biggest thing that that basically popped up was there was just like a decision where it was like all right so so game scoops working pretty well so why don't we try this and we we basically we we got in the room and we we're like, what the hell are we gonna talk about? And it, was like, it was like you know we we know like what we talk about all the time, but like right. what are what are we gonna talk about at all? And so like the first right. couple episodes, like if you go all the way back, like we're trying to figure out everything like as it's going. I mean, it is right. seat of the pants. We are we're making things up as we go, primarily because none of us really knew what what the format was to begin with and right. we were kind of like constructing shows as it happened i mean we we knew the news we knew like what we were working on that we could talk about or not talk about we had we had certain certain flexibility and certain structure um right. oh whoa did did i sh give a shout out to roper i don't know no you did not i was but about to say the news when you talk about the, the roper news. report how could i leave right. out roper? Yeah, roper. Shout out roper shout out to cheese gravy roper <laughs> um, but uh so so you know like dunham and and me and roper and greg we were the the original four horsemen so if anything like i, I keep joking that i'm like the last four horsemen i'm I'm like the invisible one it's it's <laughs> right. almost like you know like like I, I i've been on the low low and nobody's really like known where i've been like all the other guys have like popped up at different times at different different other things and i've just right. kind of been like you know creeping in the background getting getting my my work on it um my hustle on but uh over over time like over over the the first couple of episodes we started to figure out like okay so we'll talk about news and we'll come up with like a main topic and we'll do these things and then then we started like experimenting and that's where you know you had blog knack and zombie blog knack and right, like you right. know some of those other features like you know t time for some news and like all all the other like things that became like the standards we just started throwing things at the wall and seeing what stuck and right. the the other part of it too was like uh as we were doing it we we're like well we need to get like the fans involved or the the listeners if there are going to be listeners we got to get right. them involved we got to get like somebody submitting like questions we have to like respond to them we have to do something because if anything like back then we also had to crank out mailbag pieces like you know and right. which was which was cool like we 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 totally like it, it could be a little bit of a, a long process because you'd have to like wade through a, a huge grab bag of mail some of which were just like you know the oh you guys suck and of some of them were the <laughs> hey you need to review this and you, you know so right. so you're like weeding through like that weeks to see what was what and then you'd find the ones that you were going to answer and then you'd answer those and that was that was good because at least you had like that connection with people and sometimes you get like people going like oh yeah thanks that's awesome and whatever else so it was a lot easier to then take those emails and then go okay well you have questions for like ps2 or ps3 or whatever or right. vita or psp right. 
considering right. how many iterations right. of that they went through. Right. Um, how many of those I have hanging around from <laughs> just buying them and working on it. Uh, but but we take all those questions and we feed that into the, the tail end of the show because it was like, well, we can we can also supplement some of this too. And so it just, the shape started to grow out organically as we started figuring out, okay, well, here's the big stuff we're talking about t- like this week. Here's the places that we went. Here's the event that we saw. Here's the big thing that we can tease, but we can't talk about because we still have an embargo. Right. And right. it just, it started to grow. And that that's kind of how the shape of, of beyond started to, to take off. And yeah, you know, it was, it was just a lot of experimentation and, and figuring out like we think this is what the people want and and un- unlike you know red lights or scoop like our ours was we were trying to focus so much of it on like PlayStation fans cuz cuz back mm-hmm. then back in the day <laughs> when yeah. I was young Right. I'm not a kid anymore but sometimes right. I really wish I was a kid again um yes. <laughs> But, uh, you know, so it was one of those things where we it was still the, the PlayStation Xbox fanboy wars that were, like, right. really exploding. Yeah, they really I'm so, so glad those are over. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but but uh, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, we, we just decided, well, we'll just focus really tight on those people that are, like, really hardcore and dedicated to to that brand because those are the ones that are constantly coming back for those games or those exclusives for that platform and that's what they want to know and if something crosses over cool but we're going to focus on it from like the PlayStation perspective right okay yeah because I yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Reef. No, I was I was just going to say, like, yeah, I, I th- thanks for bringing us sort of through that journey of the, you know, sort of the f- formation of the podcast. Because one thing that I feel like podcasts, you know, video game ones specifically, um, open up to me was I never knew that there were like real people writing this stuff, <laughs> right. and like that goes way <laughs> back to reading like Game Pro and EGM and that kind of stuff. Like I would see reviews, I would read them, and aside from like you know sort of really personalities like a sushi X or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just seemed like it was robotic people just like writing this mm-hmm. stuff. So like, I feel like once, once the shows came out and like, you know, people like yourself and like the rest of the crew, like decided, like, we're not just going to do like reviews. Like, we're not just going to read what, what we would write be, 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 right. be, because that's initially what I thought podcasts like would be so like did like you guys ever have those like discussions like like a, do we want to repeat what we've already published a thing on y- you know or like that kind of stuff did that come into play at all when you guys were doing so uh no no i mean like part of it we we always had a feeling that we were going to use like like a review or a feature as like maybe a, a touchstone like mm-hmm. something that we could like like highlight because if if anything it's like well you don't need to hear us like ramble about it you could read it probably faster than we're going to talk about it or even if we talk about it we're not going to go into as much depth as as that piece might be cuz like back mm-hmm. then you know we're sitting we're sitting there going like okay here's like 5 6000 words on on like you know whatever the the game was right. especially if it was a big game i mean right. uh we we just crank out copy and so um, <clears throat> the biggest thing that we started thinking about it was we'd use 
whatever we were working on and we it would almost be like a highlight or a tease to it so it's like you know you want to check out the review you want to see whatever like right. this is what we thought about it and you can read it here or it'll be on the the top of the the channel page or whatever else but the the thing that we started thinking about with with that was basically since we'd usually have whatever the game was assigned to us like you know mm-hmm. weeks months in advance um we'd be so so deep into a title that it would be one of those things that like you know sometimes like people would pop over they'd like they'd like check out whatever you were you were playing and and vice versa or or you'd go like hey is is that as cool as it seems or whatever i mean like like uh i think one of the things that that i remember was greg was like all up on layer like before oh, yeah, before right, we did layer. the review he was like he was big up on Lair. Was he using the and motion controls? Was he going? He, he was, yeah, yeah. Which which like frustrated him, but but it was it was one of those things where like you know we we were waiting because it was almost like Christmas, you know, like like the big smile, like really really excited, and he put it in, and it was almost like you know like you you unwrap the box and there's really nothing there, and he was just like, <laughs> this is, like you, you just saw like Greg just kind of like deflated in the corner, it's just like oh, Greg. but you know like it was. It was one of those things where, like, we, we figured out that, like, those were the things that we could talk about. We could actually go more into depth on, like, I was playing this and this is what I felt. Or I, rem- I was playing this and this is what I saw. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I remember you were doing this and this happened. Or, oh, yeah, that was a really cool part. Or, you know, like, Roper would break out, like, tips on, like, Guitar Hero and, and, and Rock Band and things like right. that. Because Roper's an, an awesome guitarist. I mean, he plays guitar, like in his spare time. I don't, I don't know how much time he has now because he's got a family and everything, but, but Roper is a, a great guitarist. And so there, there were moments where he'd actually be trying to, you know, hit some of those licks on expert and some mm. of them just like impossible. It's like, we don't know. We really don't know how you're going to do this and, and he'd do it. But, but it'd be those, those kind of things where like <clears throat> we'd see what was happening organically, like in the office over the week and then it'd be time to to record. And in the early days, we're sitting like kind of like I was saying, like we go, well, we don't know how we're going to do it, and we weren't too sure. And then as time went on, it was like, no, we got to go do the podcast. The podcast is going to be awesome. And then like as right. things really became like great, and and everything started to run into its own, it's like, okay, now we really have to talk about this, or this is going to be a great part to talk about in the podcast, or we we extend the the rap sheet the call sheet on what we were doing and so be like a basic outline of okay intro uh, news uh you know uh, w- what's on the store and then like talk about the the main topic or maybe a feature maybe a second feature and then you know get to to email and and wrap it with a song or whatever and right you know on to the next so mm-hmm. so yeah it, that that was kind of that was kind of how we started looking at it was bring out the things that you know everybody else didn't necessarily see because in some ways that was even better than just reading it because that's almost like being being on the couch with somebody going like oh yeah check this part out or hey you know this is something that i thought was really cool or it really wasn't that great and and it made it it kind of made it more conversational right right now and and that actually kind of leads me directly into uh my next question for you jeff which is when when was there a transition or and was it really a conscious one of changing of the podcast evolving from 
um, just a way for people who are listening to podcasts to drive them directly to the to IGN and to the, to the features and the reviews that you guys have written. Which I you know I know that it, it it always did that, but when did it kind of evolve into its own thing? Um, because Podcast Beyond is a destination now. Right, right. Um, and, and I think it was when you were there. It, it it started to become that. I mean, like, I'd probably say like in the in the twenties, in, in in like in, in the in the tens to the twenties. That's when we started actually getting like that snowball of of support. Like you started getting like a lot of people that were consistently writing in. So you'd start seeing like a lot of the people was like, oh yeah, this is this person's writing in, and and all all of a sudden it was almost like, well. Now we have to include this guy's email, or we have to give this person a shout out, or we have to do whatever, and that started to to kind of build it as its own thing. Like before that, we were like, well, yeah, you know, this this could be something, but we don't know. And then all of a sudden, as it started getting much more of like a, a fandom, and and it started getting its own niche of 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 people that were like, oh, this this is coming out this week or whatever. Right. Um, you could you could see kind of like the shift and then in that case it was almost like you, you kind of pivot as as it shifted too it right. it was also kind of one of those things where when when we wouldn't get a chance to record like you know we might be one or two men down because of just events or work or people being sick or whatever and we couldn't record or we couldn't field one all of a sudden you'd see like people going like well what's up with the, the podcast and then that's when you knew <laughs> right right that's right. when you knew it was like you know w- when people are going where's where's this week's cast then then we knew it was like we've got it we've got something right right now did that give you guys carte blanche and eh, not necessarily carte blanche but it did did it give you more leverage to kind of do things the way that you guys wanted to, uh, to try and bring in, you know, different guests or to get certain exclusives, especially, um, within the, uh, within the PlayStation community. Uh, you know, I, I think some of that was us also just like trying different things. I mean, like, uh, when I got David Hayter, cause I was working right. on uh, metal gear solid. Um, that was just me like basically hitting up Konami and his his publicist and his agent and going like, Hey, you know, we have this podcast. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. You've got a really big game coming. I mean, right. everybody knows you, you're snake. Like we'd love to have you on just to talk about like, you know, your experience and everything else. Like, you know, maybe drop, drop a line or two. And he was one of the coolest cats in the world who just like popped in. Like, I mean, as, as it started to get a little bit more momentum, it was a lot easier to go to a PR rep and say, hey, we want this dev on, a, on the show just to talk about their game. Or we want this person here to to talk about whatever this project is that's coming up. And it was a lot easier to start to feed that in. It, it, we, we didn't even know if, if people were going to dig it. That's the thing is that like, right. you know, like early on. I think we we had one or two different developers in and we were sitting there going like, oh, we don't we don't know how it's gonna go. <laughs> like like they'd ask right. us like like you know like what what we wanted to do, and we're like, well, we're gonna ask you some questions, but then we'll just kind of like you know freeform it, and we'll see how it goes. And you know, you can hang around, you can you can bounce, it, it can be whatever. And <laughs> sounds sounds a lot like what 
we said when you got on. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, true, true. But but the thing is, is that like almost inevitably because of how we were doing it, like more people started to like you know dig it because we it, right. it was pretty obvious that like either we we played the games, we knew the games, we knew of them, we knew of their work, and it was one of those things where it's like this isn't going to be a waste of your time. We're basically right. going to highlight like everything that that's good about you or good about your your game or, or what you're working on next, and that became the thing where it was like, oh yeah, we should probably start jumping in on that. So then we could a- actually go to reps and go, we want this person, and have a chance of getting them. And mm-hmm. that was that was the other cool thing too, because then you could actually have like more of a thing where it's like, oh yeah, so if you have a question, submit it, and maybe we can actually ask it to them. And, and, you know, I mean, like I said, so much of it, we were literally creating it as it was happening because sometimes <laughs> we just didn't know. Right. And, you know, for, for one or two, you know, there, there were a few times where some people, like, actually, like, couldn't show. Sometimes it was, like, you know, flight issues. Sometimes it was sick, whatever. And we had to basically curveball around it and make a show around it, too. Yeah. So, so part of it is, you know, you, you, you work with what you got and and you know fake it till you make it in 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 some cases and and but the thing is is that like what we were making we didn't have to fake much cuz we we had exactly it. yeah exactly that yeah, that's, that's where the true. personalities drive it right cuz like a lot of people especially at that time podcasts was still kind of a thing people really didn't have a good grip around um and it was really like if you had a strong personality a great dynamic i mean that's what really drove it through and that the listeners cared about they didn't care about well does this have an appropriate uh, structure or you know or that kind of <laughs> stuff that like people might look at now now that they've heard more of like the formal like you know NPR-ish kind of politics, you know uh things like that right now yeah. now i don't know if you still have a chance if you have a chance to listen to shows since you're super busy with like common sense or your other stuff but if you do are there certain things that you look for in podcasts or shows in general that appeal to you yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, part of it for me, in in some ways, is basically what the format happens to be. I mean, like if it's, if it's, if I wanted to listen to, you know, Ira Glass doing an NPR review of, of a game, <laughs> uh, for one thing, I'm pretty sure Ira's never actually played a game because that's just not right. Ira's thing. But th- <laughs> you know, the, the the other thing of it is, is part of it is knowing whether or not somebody's one having fun. On, right. on the cast because like if, if it's pretty dry there, it you don't listen to the podcast there's yeah. there's you you can spend your time and your energy listening to way better stuff that's right. out there and and part of it too is whoever happens to be on the podcast you all you also want that sense of like the vibe is good you know like mm-hmm. the the people that are on it they get along they they get what what they're talking about there's a there's a certain part where you know you don't necessarily need to get into the nitty gritty i mean one of the things and this this again i'm gonna spill a little a little bit from roper but you know at one point we decided we were just going to make up a a technical term we're going to see if it was going to going to catch fire and so we started throwing in like made up technical specs and technical terms for <laughs> for for like news previews just to see if it would catch. And every now and then it would. And we're just like 
it doesn't exist. You know, like, <laughs> right. like you know, well, it like does it, now. It, it, yeah, exactly. And, and so, like, like part of it, it was, it was almost like you know, you can sit there and you can listen to somebody who's going to go into like you know, like a Tom's Hardware breakdown of like anti-aliasing and HDR right. and you know, like all, all these other elements. Which, yeah, they're great to know if you're, right. you know. Uh, a PC master racer or you're into specs and gear and, and right. the nitty gritty and everything else. But in certain cases, if you're just listening to a show and you want structure, part of it is you want to be entertained. You want to be yes. informed and you want to have a sense of, you know, these are people I would actually want to talk to, listen to, hear whatever they got to say again. Cause I actually felt, you know, pretty good about whatever it was that I heard. And that's, right. that's kind of what, what's up. I mean, I, I wind up listening to a ton of, of radio and podcasts, partially because of my job to stay informed on top of everything. Um, and also because I got a long drive to actually get back to my place and get into the city. Because uh, San Francisco is expensive. But, but, uh, but, you know, like those are the things that I look for when it comes to, you know, Casts and so like I'll I'll bounce around and like you know check out a podcast here or there and and check it out for a few episodes and then bounce for a little bit and then come back and if mm -hmm. the if that vibe is still there then then yeah you know like I'll I'll hook in for a little bit um, but yeah, yeah I mean I, I rotate through strategy. a lot of different I... things some that's that's gaming and some that's not because because a lot of times you got to see exactly how their vibe goes sometimes people knock it out the box and then the next week they're off and everybody can have an off week. Right. And that's the trick is that like right. it, it's how you rally back, especially like yeah. you know you're 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 feeling a little nauseous uh, somebody else is <laughs> is having a hard time i mean like like for for people that remember like there was one point where i was I was just down because I was having like r a really bad time at work and and personal things, and I was like, I'm in my pit like i've got i'm I'm down in the pit, I'm just chilling and that, that became the running joke of me in my pit. You know, like because it was, it, it was just it was a one time thing because I was just like having a bad thing. But but you know it was it, it was rally like that that happened that right. one episode came back and rally, but it just became a running a running gag. So you know it's 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 how you how you bounce back. Right now let's let's talk about you at work and and uh, you know uh, something that I alluded to uh, or that I I, I named uh, directly um, in the beginning which is the fact that until I met you, I had no idea that you were a brother. Um, so, so, you know, obviously that's not something, um, you know, race and politics for the most part to this day is not something that generally is spoken about uh, much, if at all, on, on any of the IGN podcasts and, mm -hmm. and especially not, not uh, beyond. But you were... Uh, as I was describing to to Reef earlier today, like you used to work at IGN and your role was the diversity. Like, that, <laughs> you know. yeah, true. All right. Yeah, so, true. so you know, so I, you know, I and I know the, the guys that are there, the guys that were there. Um, of what I know of them, they're all great people. That that you know, obviously, I'm not even going to say they don't see color. They do see color, but but you know, don't treat anybody any differently because of it. Um, how was it being 
one of the only people of color, if not the only, definitely black person. It was you and and Aaron Bolding. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was the vibe like there? Did you did you feel like there were times where you wanted to talk about? Uh, certain things that were either taboo or just you, that you felt like wouldn't receive the type of audience you you wanted it to receive. You know, that's one of those things that I've dealt with my entire life. I mean, sure. uh, like I went to a private school in in New Orleans, and when I started, I was one of six minorities in the entire school, and that was K through right. twelve. Like, oh like that's that's six people, you know, like right. you, you could basically like sit back and go, OK, we're going to field like three on three basketball and that's going to be about it. <laughs> right. And and basically, by the time I left, you know, there were a few hundred. But oh, wow. but uh, it's there one of those the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where like. Yeah, yeah, right. but it's, like it's one of those things where, where <laughs> exactly, Bebe's, yeah, we baby's kids, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby's kids, exactly. Oh, we, we don't die, we multiply, multiply. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, like that's that's one of those things that I've been used to my whole life. Whether it was sure. it was that it was uh, basically heading out to college and doing what I was trying to do for my major like where I was I was the like the only black guy in in the department um what 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 did you major in I was a theater major Oh okay right Yeah on. yeah so uh I was I was a theater major And you're not gay holy crap <laughs> No see that's the thing is that like my entire life I've kind of been considered an anomaly cuz it's been like okay so it's it's the black guy okay so right. so he's going to play sports so I played sports, right. but then I also acted, and they're like, "Well, how, how does that work?" And I was like, <laughs> "How does that happen?" Right. Well, well, for one, you know, I'm I'm a straight guy, and it's acting, and there's a lot of women. That's pretty good odds. But right. but <laughs> even even outside of that, it's like I actually like acting. Like that is that is right. the thing I want to do with my life. That is whatever. And so people were trying to categorize, like, "Well, what are you? Like, how how does that work? Like, if right. if you act, you've got to be gay." And I was like. No, I'm not gay. I have no problem with gay people. I love gay people. Like I sure. act with them all the time. Like, right. why are you that that fixated? You know. Right. So, <laughs> so there's that. Like, went to college, only black guy in in a uh, in the department there. Um, in the department. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean, I, I went to to Occidental in in LA, oh. and oh, and it okay. was yeah. So so Obama's like first school. Not to get right. into all the other uh, insanity surrounding Obama, but right. <laughs> like a like I was I was the the only black uh, black guy in the acting department. There was uh, one black girl in my freshman year, and she quickly stopped acting. So after a while, there were only a few minorities that were that were in the department, and and they kind of like shifted back and forth here and there um, right. uh, within the department as well. But but I was kind of used to that. Um, even even like some of the the diversity that happened on campus, it, it was it was questionable and it was iffy. Mm. Like like you know you you go to to like the the BSA and they'd go like okay we're going to talk about diversity and we're going to talk about like you know breaking stereotypes and everything else. And then the first thing that they do is they sit down and they break out like 
fried chicken, watermelon, and dominoes. And you're like, well, what the? How are you breaking anything if you're playing right into the stereotype? Like, how does that work? Like, you can't you can't talk about breaking it yeah. and spend like half an hour to an hour entrenching it. That doesn't make right. any sense whatsoever. So you know, there there's that. Um, the job outside of outside of college, uh, like. I was the only black person uh, in in my job doing that, so it's just like I'm I'm used to a, a certain amount of basically being the one, and right. when sure. when uh, a lot of it with with IGN and some of the other parts, I mean, like Aaron was there, and Aaron had been there, but Aaron also like bounced shortly after I like joined full time. For all of his there can be only one, right? <laughs> well, well, see, here's the, the thing: is, is like, yeah, yeah, it's the Highlander principle. Uh, like, like Aaron was there, and Jason Allen, who was also doing guides, was there. But Jason was never really like in front of camera or on the nope. podcast. Right. I have no idea who he writing. is. Writing, um, right. but but Jason was there, and Jason wound up leaving. And so, like, there was there was a part where it was like, well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's like it, it's not like I have to pick up the flag and keep going, but you got to pick up the flag and keep going, and and it's yeah. just like, you know, you 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 stay on your grind, you stay on your hustle, and you do what you got to do. Like it wasn't really so much a thing of like there's certain things you can't talk about. There were a couple of moments here and there where like something would pop up, and and uh. God knows there were a few like HR moments where I was like, okay, that that is racist. I'm right. calling that one out right now. Like right. that is that is racist. That's happened to all of us, man. But uh, <laughs> you know, like, but but otherwise, it's like you know, you you do. It's it's kind of the same standard element of like you know, you work twice as hard. Sometimes people look at you as half as good, uh, but you don't worry about them because you know what you have to do, and exactly. that that's the the big thing is is you you demonstrate like who you are and what you do by the quality of your work and the quality of your character and anybody else that has like their own thing they're going to have that regardless and they're going to have their own ideas about you regardless and you can't worry about them you just got to keep keep on keep on keeping on yeah i mean best said right there yeah and and, and yeah I, I mean i think all of us have dealt with that um i know uh see like you've talked a lot about being like the only black linux admin uh right. in the world apparently right well <laughs> so you know that's so i I'll, I'll say this to you jeff so i know plenty so i've been a unix system man for t- over 20 years mm-hmm. or or for 20 years i'm not that old I am old, <laughs> um, but but and I know plenty of black sysadmins, mm-hmm. but I have never worked with another black sysadmin. And in fact, uh, we we've had a multiple multiple time guests. Uh, uh, shout out to Quinn Murphy, who is another sysadmin of color. Um, as when I made that revelation, he too had to think about it and said, <laughs> "You know what." I've never worked with a with a black sysadmin either. Yeah, no. Um, so it it is a Highlander principle. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like even my first job, like uh, when I was working at Entertainment Tonight, um, and I started, and, and yo son, hold on, hold on one second. Was Lisa Gibbons still there? <laughs> uh, she she bounced in and out. She she was uh, she was she was in the periphery. She she floated. Uh, she floated tell, around. Tell us. But, 
Tell us say hello. <laughs> all, all right. Yeah, Today. I, I, right. I think I still got her number so, floating around somewhere. I'll, I'll give her a call. Say, give, give you a shout out. Yeah. Um, but but like uh, when when I was there and and I was working on things like I I, I wound up getting a position uh, or a title as a associate technical manager, and uh, wow. like th- like the thing is is that or, or associate technical technical producer, and the thing is is that like. Uh, th- they didn't really even know what that meant right. at the show. They just thought, like, they saw technical and went, well, that means virtually everything. And, and I started <laughs> going down the sysadmin route and doing Linux and Unix because I knew Linux and Unix from, like, college and, and before that and everything else. And there was, and it was one of those things where it's like, well, can you, can you fix the, the printer? And I was like, yo, you know... Just because it says technical does not mean I'm Xerox. Does yeah, not mean exactly. like right. I, I can fix the the, the coffee machine. Can, like doesn't mean I know uh, like all the gadgets that happen to exist. And and the funny thing is like one of the actual like technical guys like uh this this uh this Hispanic guy named Sergio like he'd sit back and he'd like just commiserate with me back and forth because he's like yeah they're just gonna come at you with like random things and I was like yeah I know but just because and he's like. Believe me, I've had to fix dollies. I don't know anything about dollies. <laughs> just, but, but, like, e- even you saying that, it's like, you know, Sergio was, like, the only one that I even knew. And that was, like, like I, I think he wound up, like, elevating into that position. And he's like, I don't know anybody. <laughs> so right. so I, I, right. think it, I think it right. is kind of like one of those things where it's like, maybe one. And, and you sit back and it's like, if you find another one, it's like, they do exist. Like, right, like, right, exactly. It's it's kind of crazy, but but then again, that also speaks to like a lot of the the tech issues and headaches that keep cropping up, where it's like because of the lack of diversity. I mean, like like there are plenty of people that are into computers and technology, but sure. the fact that major tech companies can only hire anywhere up to two percent already right. entrenches a situation where you're not going to have a lot of people of color contributing which then gives a certain sense that well maybe we don't actually have any kind of interest in technical skills which is not true right it's right. not true of but the, not. the right. opportunity is not provided the 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 yeah. chance is not available so mm-hmm. so it becomes a situation where if you throw that out to somebody everybody racks their brains and goes well yeah i don't i don't no, <laughs> you know it's it like like yeah. it's almost that wistful like thought like have you ever seen a unicorn? I haven't seen a unicorn. Right. Like, what, what? Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's that kind of thing because because mm-hmm. the the opportunity to, is, isn't there. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So nobody really knows that, that that people are interested in the, in the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, speaking of office stuff, so we talked a lot about sort of your iGM work, some of your. Entertainment online stuff. Don't give Cicero's number to anyone, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I I I want to hear a little more about your present work at uh, Common yeah, Sense. Yeah, why don't you, absolutely. Why don't you talk a little bit about the 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 site in general and what like your specific work is uh, there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Common Sense Media is uh, it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, it was started 13 years ago, and uh, it, the the tagline is we rate educate and advocate and the the way that i i try to present it to people is uh in in many ways there's there's a, a multi-headed uh approach to to media with the organization 
I'm on the the media side, so we focus on everything, whether it's books, music, movies, games, websites, apps, stuff like that. Um, right. So parents and and people that are dealing with kids basically have a sense of this is what's out there. This is what it contains. Is it cool for the kids that are in my life to check it out based on what their age happens to be and what I'm comfortable with? And in many ways, it's, it's almost felt like it's been an evolution because like, there were parts where in, the, in some of the early parts, it was really a thing of like, you know, we really want to focus on sanity. We really want to focus on, on people being able to make choices that, are, that work for them. And that's kind of the key thing. That was one of the big things that really like uh, was was a strong selling point for me because I was like, you know, uh, I'm 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 a parent now of a young kid, and it's like, if I have to look at this, I know I'm not the only one that's going through this struggle of like, well, is is this okay? Is this right. gonna you know right. like be a problem? Am I gonna have to like deal with nightmares or have to like handle language problems or like? topics that I'm not necessarily interested in talking to a, a little kid about and I'm you know it's 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 just the this constant parental issue so the the media side is focused on uh, allowing people to have a sense of this is what's in it and then making a choice for them because what works for that family is not always going to work right. for the next family and you know right. down the line but right. we we focus on trying to give as much information as possible so that people can make an educated choice about what's going on with media on the education side they're focused on things like digital citizenship so you know like selfies uh sharing online uh right. you know cyber stalking and bullying snapchat but also snapchatting and and things like that but also how to use edu- uh, like uh, technology in the classroom so how teachers can can apply tablets and apps and other things into the classroom to supplement curriculum and and help right. kids actually gain like you know 21st century skills instead of just like teaching the same thing on a rote basis year after right. year after year and basically turning up people that are only you know constantly relating to the test not actually thinking for themselves or having perspective and then the the advocacy side is focused on trying to make a difference in people's lives so that's you know making people aware that there happens to be something that's going on on a legislative bent something that you know maybe maybe a a lawmaker is is going to put out something that will uh allow parents a, a an ability to have uh, family leave, or they're they're doing something that could possibly weaken, uh, you know, protection for kids and families with their their, their private information, things like that. So then they can, uh, like, parents can then lobby their their congressmen, their their counselors, their senators. Like they can they can actually have a legislative voice and try to change and make effect change in in right. their local uh, local area. So that's that's like basically the the tenets of of the organization itself yeah you, you know what i really love about commonsense.org is the fact that there there isn't a place on the site where you find the witch hunt you don't find the what about the children you know mm-hmm. section of 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 the site there there isn't that uh you know th- i find this this information objectionable therefore it must be banned there, there is none of that on the site. It, it's, it's about exactly what you said. Where, hey, you know, this is the this is the content that's in this piece of media, 
and and you guys have really cool icons that you that you use as as kind of uh, uh, shortcuts to mm-hmm. to what different things are, and it and allows it gives uh, it gives the parents and and you know the people that are important to or or raising or running or dealing with children agency. It gives them agency to figure out whether or not. The, this piece of content is good for the children that they are responsible for at that particular moment. And I think that's brilliant as opposed to just, uh, you know, I don't like it. It must go away. You're right. Right. I mean, you know, demagoguery and, and basically saying like, this is, this is a bad thing. One, you already turn people off whenever you, you say that, like people don't start sure. listening to you. Cause it's like, well, who are you to tell me what I should or shouldn't do? Yep. Right. Even depending on what it happens to be. The other part is that, like, uh, it, it starts to remove the idea of, like, free will and free choice and agency from people. The the really funny thing, which, which I have to admit, like, is probably a stronger selling point than not, is a lot of kids will read the reviews, which is also one of the features that we have, is you'll have, like, parents will say, and they'll comment on it, but kids will also right. comment on reviews, right. too. And so sometimes it's really funny to see kids, like, almost use it as a legislative way to, like, approach their parents and go, see, they don't think it's that bad because of this. And and then, right. like, you have, like, discussions, but it's like, but that's the point, is you want, like, the, the point of, of the review and of the site in many ways is to foster that conversation in a family going like, oh, you like this. Why do you like this? Why should we go see this? Why should I buy this? Why do, why should I give whatever company my money for this piece of entertainment if? And once right. there, there are those kind of discussions about like, this is good, this is bad, okay, I'll, I'll allow this, okay, maybe you need to wait for a few years, whatever, that makes a good a good media choice, and that makes it a lot saner than basically just going like, oh, well, you know, Hollywood's bad, or this media is out to get you, or, you know, you shouldn't be playing this, or <laughs> why are you reading these books? We should actually, like, censor that, because that's Burn kind of an books. outrageous thing. Or, right. you, you know, like, like, like all, all the, the random, like, moral panics that wind up cropping up across any kind of media. And it's like, all that is is kind of trying to censor creativity, but also censor thought, and that's not not to make a pun, but it's not a common sense way of, of approaching anything. It's just like, right. let somebody make their own decision, give them all the tools and the, and the elements that they need and let them decide if that works for them. And if it's, if it works for them, cool, right on. And if it right. doesn't, then they, at least they know why it doesn't work for them. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and the, the, uh, the, the, the things that I love about, um, specifically the gaming part of the site is number one, you guys use metrics that I don't think I've ever really seen before, mm. like positive messages, yeah. you know, positive role models, which is cool. Cause it kind of, I'm assuming that that really lets the parent know, is this an anti-hero story? Is it, you know, is it sort of a feel good thing? But um, but I also really love that you guys have one called consumerism. Yeah. Now, now, when I first saw that, I was like, okay, maybe they mean like, you know, does the game focus on like, you know, gaining money or like sort of a materialistic thing? But then when I began to read like the details, it was like, no, how many microtransactions or Amiibo are you going to have to buy? <laughs> to support this damn thing, yeah, you know, yeah. well, and well, that's, that's an awesome metric to use. 
Yeah, that's the thing is that like like uh, all all the metrics that we have, they're all uh, they're all pedagogically sound by child development standards. I mean, that's the thing. We're not like making it up off of just like you know out of our mind. We're actually breaking it down by by science. It's scientifically backed. It's scientifically researched. Every single one of them are things that are are, are things that people should should be aware of. And consumerism is one of those things that a lot of people don't think about because it's like, oh yeah, well you know, I just bought the thing. It's it's whatever. But then if you start thinking about the the connected universe of things, where it's like, okay, well if I put on a, a DVD and all of a sudden I get like assaulted with ads more than just the regular trailers, but it's like you know the the running ticker of ads going like, oh yeah, and then this is coming out and it's constantly updated whenever you have like an internet mm-hmm. connection or for for games part of it is the DLC part of it's like the amiibo but then sometimes like it's it's the setup where it's like oh yeah then we've got this product tie in and we've got right. this other thing we've got this other th- and it's like I didn't basically buy the game to bas- to get pitched with like advertisement I right. I bought it to play the game but if all of a sudden I'm getting like you know coke and sprite and billboards for this and that car and you right. know Mercedes Benz and all these other, it's like that that's kind of an assault of just like we're just going to pitch anything, but we're also going to keep the the bottom line low, and we can we can supplement our, our bottom line with whatever other things we can just throw in. The other right. part too, which which uh, the the researchers found is that the more that sometimes people get it, I mean, like it's it's kind of like the subliminal message element. Like the more that you basically get told, like, oh, but this amiibo unlocks this, or hey, you know, like here's here's this car, and maybe it has a little speed boost. The more people start gravitating towards, well, I need to get that, and it's like, that's that's subtle, but that's insidious. That's right. really really shocking how like little little tweaks like that start to to turn, mm-hmm. and it, it it's more effective on kids here and there than it ever is on adults because sometimes adults it's just like well, I'm not going to buy that but kids are like mommy I want that daddy yeah. I want that and you're like where'd you get that from <laughs> and all of a sudden you look and you're like okay I got to put that away <laughs> and it becomes a problem and and it's right. it's kind of absurd I mean like those are one of those things that like before I worked at, at Common Sense like I'd see it and it's like okay that's kind of lame or that's kind of ridiculous and then you actually start to see at times how much some of it pops up and you're like wow that's that's pretty bad that is that is yeah. really really <laughs> horrendous <laughs> so uh so consumerism is bad except when it comes from us and uh that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do segway king Yes, we're going to go um uh, we're going to go and we're going to pay some bills um by giving you some ads from uh some people that we think are really really awesome. Uh take a listen to them. We'll be right back right after this. I want to talk about our brand new sponsor Fracture. What Fracture does is it takes the lost art of printing photos and it makes it fashionable again. Uh imagine being able to take your precious moments and uploading them to a website and in a few days having a borderless, all glass, vivid and sleek version, rendition of your memory that you can place in your home or in a family's home or just display on a, on a table or what have you very, very easily. And it matches any decor because, like I said, it's borderless and it's glass and it's beautiful. It's, it's science. 
Um, Fracture is amazing. Fracture is affordable and Fracture is easy. So what you guys want to be able to do is uh, you want to use Fracture, obviously. So you want to go to FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one question survey where they ask you where you heard about Fracture. And of course, you're going to say in Chicago where everything is dope spawn on me. And you watch the video, you can save some money, and you're going to use Fracture. Fracture is amazing. Check them out. FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one-question uh, one survey and let them know Spawn on Me sent you. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody, to the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 130. I am Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan. He is Sharif Jackson, a.k.a. Sharif Jackson. Wow. And and yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that dope. Like yeah, that. or aka Shreefjackson.com. Uh, so there we go. Shout out. There we go. There we go. And 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 uh the original the OG Jeff Haynes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh so I hope you guys uh enjoyed us paying some bills. I hope you guys actually go and check out uh places like Fracture. Uh, FractureMe.com. Fracture is amazing. Um, we have pictures. Just go ahead and uh, get those pictures. Bring them home and uh, beautify your home with Fracture. Uh, so you got an extra ad there. Um, we're 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 going to slow it down a little. Um, uh, there's a there's a couple of RIPs that I want to throw out really quickly. Um, the first is to uh, John McLaughlin of the McLaughlin Group. Uh, something near and dear to my heart. I'm a big polit- politics nerd. Um, the McLaughlin Group was one of the places that I was always able to go to hear about uh, news and, and new stuff. Uh, and he passed away this, this past week, the age of 89. Um, additionally, uh, us Star Wars nerds um, are mourning the passing of Mr. Kenny Baker, mm-hmm. um, otherwise known as R2D2, uh, he uh, I think he was in his eighties. Yeah, yeah, he was in his eighties, mid yeah mid eighties. Uh, so uh, you know, rest in astromech heaven, um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kenny Baker. Um, another um, thing that we want to talk about, not necessarily. And, you know, I'm kind of kind of mixed about this. Uh, two years ago this week was an episode in Bricago, uh, a date in Bricago infamy, um, that uh, where we we aired episode 26. Mike Brown also lived in Bricago. Um, it's the episode where we really got political and stuff, um, talking about what what transpired in Ferguson, Missouri and and how it affected us personally and how it affected us as a people. Um and the the irony of what we're about to talk about next is is over the course of the last 2 years uh we've had several of those conversations and and it seems like the tenets of what we have to say don't necessarily change. Maybe they get a little bit more nuanced, but they don't change that much. Um, but here we go yet again. Our, our own Shreef Jackson lives in Milwaukee. Um, if you've been reading the news and checking it out, you know that uh, right now Milwaukee, uh, things aren't very settled. 
Um, Reef, what's what's it like at, at Ground Zero in Milwaukee? Sure. Um, so for some background, so um, there was a gentleman, uh, S- Silville Smith. Um, so he was stopped by a cop for suspicious uh, behavior in a car, which they've never really clarified what that means. Uh, but they stopped him. Um, he ran from the car with another uh, gentleman. Um, and a- according to the record, he was armed when he ran from the car. Um, and he turned and faced the officer. Um, and after repeated calls um, of the officer, um, that he had to tell um, Smith to drop the gun. He uh, didn't drop it, and the cop was was forced to uh, to uh, kill him, basically. Um, so this happened in the afternoon, and you know people were outside right right after. Uh, um, and unfortunately, it turned you know um, um, it wasn't like a full out riot. I think as the news would like you to believe, but there were definitely there was a gas station that was burned down. There was a big auto parts store. Um, there was a bank that was set on fire, but not burned down. Um, there were cops out there and, you know, full out riot gear and the, and the, and the MRAP armored vehicles that you've seen in Ferguson. Um, basically, basically trying to, trying to settle it down, you know, like the mayor, um, issued a, uh, citywide curfew for, uh, people under 18 from like 10 to five, um, which I'm not sure if it's still in effect as of this recording, but I know it definitely was at the very least for uh, two nights. Um, and, you know, a lot of the discussion is not really about the events that happened, but it's about what, you know, what leads a population to um, resume, not, not, not resume, but to uh, presume to think that, you know, that violence, that this sort of, you know, burning and looting and that kind of stuff is a solution, right? And to me, I'm like, I don't think anyone logically says, this is the solution, you know, like, this is this is what we're going to do, right? It's more of an emotional outpour based on a history that the police have had with people of color. Um, specifically in Milwaukee, there was a homeless man... Dontre Hamilton that was killed for sleeping in a park. He was approached by an officer. He was like a a uh, schizophrenic, um, and the cop apparently thought that that was dangerous enough to kill him, so he killed him. Um, unarmed homeless dude, um, and the cop got off. Right um, there, there was a uh, similar um, case to uh, Freddie Gray here as well, where where there was a a a, a gentleman that died of a uh, asphyxiation um in the back of a uh, cop car um as well so and like those are just you know sort of the big cases obviously you know any any city with a you know with a number of people of color and it has a tenuous relationship in that in this specific neighborhood which is you know a, a majority black neighborhood in Milwaukee this is more of a boil over than this sort of instantaneous thing, which is what the newspapers tend to think. It's like, where did this come from? Like, the, like these people are just going crazy. We don't understand it. And this is really the boil, the, the like boiling over. I mean, the same thing happened in my hometown of uh, Patterson uh, in in in, uh, in uh, Jersey. 
you know, um, and the same thing happened in uh, Newark and, you know, you know, a lot of, uh, places in Jersey that I grew up near, um, you know, obviously there were big riots, you know, after King in the sixties and like that kind of stuff, but there were also ones after Watts and after Rodney King. And, you know, these are all boiling over of longstanding things. Um, but to actually be in Milwaukee on on the ground, I mean, I've driven through this area after the uh, situation because it's maybe you know it's like maybe a you know it's a ten minute drive for me, like it's not that far. Um, and all I saw was just people out there cleaning up, praying, and just being there in peace. You know, um, I listened to a lot of um, sort of local reporting, um, and you know it really was not this sort of raging mob that you would think to believe. Like there definitely were some people that like did this stuff, but it was really a community effort to like promote a dialogue between the cops and the community and to see how can we fix this? You know, like why is it that when you say that this guy threatened us, that we don't believe you? Mm-hmm. I don't like I want to be able to believe the cops when they say something and we've seen over and over again even with video that we can't you know and and it's really unfortunate now there was body cam footage um from the cop that shot Smith that hasn't been released as of uh you know as of recording um but people are like why aren't they releasing this if it's going to exonerate the cop if it goes like it should be out the next day you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's very frustrating because you do see the uh police force kind of going through the same um kind of language not really understanding um you know the frustrations of the community and then of course um uh the sheriff of Milwaukee County is a uh, is a uh, David he, Clark he doesn't help uh who you've probably heard of because he's basically a pundit at this point um s- somehow managed to spin this sad issue into uh basically pull your pants up and uh you know and hate yourself if you're black the end um, well, when 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 he started saying like like it's tribal mentality, is like, wait, did you actually yeah. go there? Like, yes. Did you actually say tribal mentality? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're, yes. You're you're just basically taking the fire and going like, here here comes some lighter fluid. I'm just gonna throw that and then some gasoline and maybe a little napalm just to see what else happens. That's that's exactly. <laughs> No, that that's what he does, and that's why he's been voted in uh, as county sheriff because it's an elected position. And there's a lot of Milwaukee County that is not the city of Milwaukee that enjoy hearing a black person uh, hate on black people uh, nonstop. So absolutely, and the and the fact that the fact that he makes it onto Fox News on the regular and 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 to uh, the um, I mean, dude was at the RNC. He was like a yeah, speaker yeah. at the RNC. I was trying to find the the correct phrasing. Uh, I didn't want to call it a Klan rally. Um, maybe like the Nazi convocation or something like that. That, that uh, was the RNC this year. Um, he was he was he was there front and center. Um, you know, so 
I'm I'm gonna give my thoughts on Milwaukee in a second uh, because I you know like I said I spend I spend some time up there. And uh, in, in fact, I'll be up there this weekend hanging out with our boy Reef. Um, but uh, but Jeff, you're originally from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, you know we're we're barely a month removed from uh, the tragedy that sparked. That sparked, you know, basically the the sequel of of you know protests, of the summer of protests for or or the the summer of protests of 2016 mm-hmm. uh, down in Louisiana and down in Baton Rouge, um, you know, all that stuff. I, I would assume, you know, hits home for you. Watching, watching all of this stuff. You know, you live you live in the Bay Area, and mm-hmm. and you know you got to. Witness and live through uh, the stuff at Fruitvale Station. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it, how does you know what do you say to your children, um, to your child? Um, what do you say to your significant other to um, help them understand the angst and and understand what survival means? Uh, that's, that's, that's a really tricky, uh, set of questions in some ways. I mean, part of it is, which, which of course is what we all are are trying to deal with. I mean, part of it, like, especially with like, you know, Alton Sterling and, and that whole situation, um, a lot of it from growing up in Louisiana, I mean, in many ways you already, the the relationship that you had with the police was going to be different it was going to be adversarial anyway because there was a history of it right for multiple reasons and it it's one of those things that like whether like e- even even though i i grew up in new orleans that was that was shaded and colored with its own history but then in many ways like the the thing that i constantly kept joking about with with people was that like you know new orleans in in many ways was a bubble and it was like a very very safe bubble in in some cases and in some some elements i mean not to say that the city was safe but comparatively next to at at times the rest of the state it mm-hmm. might as well be like Wonderland because, like, it, like some some of the same things that you would see in New Orleans, you would not see in other parts of the state. And if I ever went to go visit uh, some of my relatives that lived in Baton Rouge or lived in northern Louisiana or whatever, it was one of those things where it's like, is this good old boy network or is this like they've got something else because of just where you happen to be or where they think you should not be going? And I, I think in many ways aside from the elements of the Sterling case, which by and of itself is already, you know, that, that whole situation was already like messed mm. up to begin with. And, and I'm pretty sure, you know, not, not to, to go back into it because I think unfortunately it's been broadcast so much. And, and if you ever see like the pain that his son seemed to suffer at that press conference, yeah. that's one of those situations that you'd never want any kid of anybody to ever have to go through, regardless of who they are or what their race happens to be or anything like a tragedy like that happening. And then being repeatedly broadcast is something that 
nobody that's a surviving member of a family should ever have to see and witness. But when it comes down to a circumstance where there are times where people can't can't even move like you can't walk you can't drive you can't whatever because somebody's going to say you're breaking the law that that already is a problem and and if you've ever been to baton rouge part of the issue especially with some parts of baton rouge is there are no sidewalks so if the cops want to say you're you're like unlawfully like congregating in in a in a throughway which is what they use against some protesters they'll throw it on you anyway even if you're not in the road because you're on the right. grass and they don't consider right. the grass to not be part of the street. So it's one of those things where like, if you have a place where the police will make up a reason to roust you out of where you are or make up a reason to arrest you or make up a reason to harass you, then a lot of the elements that constantly keep coming up with the discussion of the, well, those are the only bad apples. It's like, if those are the bad apples, when are the good apples going to step up and actually kick the bad apples out? Because they don't. And then yep. when it comes to things like, you know, Fruitvale or, you know, any of the other circumstances, I mean, the, the, the biggest trick here and there is, you know, you constantly want to say, well, if something bad happens, you want to go to the police but in the back of your head, you also go, but you also have to be careful of the police because the police are not always going to be your friend. They're not mm -hmm. always, it would, I mean, that's a situation that nobody should ever have to tightrope, especially if you have not done anything wrong. The problem is, is that like right now, and especially like for, for people of color or people in communities that have had a history of issues with the police, it becomes a situation where even if you are innocent, you feel as though they are automatically looking at you as guilty. And right. when you have that circumstance where they are already finding you guilty and basically becoming judge dread, where anything could possibly be a judge, jury and executioner moment, then it weakens the element of basically going like, well, this is a crime and I'm going to go to you. It's, it's the same kind of thing where you have, you have people go, Oh, if you see something, say something. And it's like, well, if I say something to you, you you might like actually think I did it. So I'm not coming to you. I mean, like, like for instance, there was, there was a period like a, a couple months ago, I went out to lunch with one of my coworkers. We're just walking into a restaurant and two cops were walking out of it and they automatically like went up to, to the gun. And I was like, I'm walking mm. into the restaurant. If that is how you see me and I'm walking into a restaurant, I have like work attire on. I have my work badge. I have not talked to you. I have not done anything. And we're just walking in. Then this is already on a slant. And I have done like you want to Terry stop me, whatever. I already know that that's something that you might do. I'm not going to approve of it, but I also know I'm not going to like give you any ammunition against me. But the fact that you're automatically going to, yeah, but it's like the fact that you automatically decide that that's the first thing you're going to. It's like, yeah, you know, I could be a walking like chalk outline and it doesn't really matter. And that's sad. And then it's like, well, then how exactly do you break through that? It becomes very, very difficult. So, so there, there's a whole amount where, even though everybody keeps saying, like, we need to have dialogue, we need to have conversation, we need to figure out a way of breaking through it, there's so much that needs to be basically broken yes. and then remade. 
yes to actively absolutely. like allow for the possibility of constructive dialogue because every single time that the dialogue supposedly exists it winds up becoming undercut and undermined by not only past issues on both sides but a, a certain amount where at the end of the day some people are going to have the power of their voice versus the power of their gun and the law and in some cases it winds up being either an overwhelming amount of voice to change it or it becomes an overwhelming display of force and if the UN winds up basically breaking down and going like there is a problem here then we already know that there is a, a huge problem that, that exists that just saying we need to have a conversation is not going to fix. Yeah, I mean, the Department of Justice has basically been on standby. Like, every time something happens and they know that these city governments and city police departments just are just inept. Like, they just... Well, I, you know, I, I think inept is kind of even letting them off the hook. I think they're structurally designed to have the result that ends up like like with the blue wall of silence and the lack of accountability and this kind of like cop is always right kind of thing like like instead of doing what both of you said like protecting the integrity of your department by calling out the bad apples it's more of a we can't you can't be a bad apple if you're a cop because that hurts all of us like one bad cop hurts us all instead of thinking we become stronger by rooting out the bad cops right like it really is a structural i i kind of like the the way that that you phrase it. you kind of kind of disassemble and reassemble things to really make a difference yeah and i mean like you know i've i've got people in my family that that are cops yeah um, because I've, I've got a big family i mean like you know most Southerners, we got big families. But, uh, I mean, part part of the thing, though, is that, like, every now and then you have, like, some of them that'll go, oh, but but he's a really good guy. This is just his slip-up. And it's like, but that slip-up cost somebody. Or that slip-up yeah. took somebody away. Or you can't... There There is no, no like, my bad or or oops on, on something where somebody basically leaves the planet because of a possible misunderstanding. And I'm not saying that every single thing is completely like clean because sometimes it's not, but you know, if you look at the majority of it, whether it's, you know, a Philando Castile or a Tamir Rice or like the, the problem is, is that right now, the fact that people can actually like rifle off names, it should be the exception. It should not be the rule that basically you can sit back and fire off anywhere from three to five names in like a six month year two year five year period this should be like the one time in a decade the one time in like a a 15 year period the thing where like the news actually puts it up because it's like oh this was actually a mistake versus this is seeming to be a freaking occurrence or or almost a, a, a constant and yep. and part of the issue with the community in many ways is like thankfully in some cases because we actually have ways of broadcasting it we can prove that what we've what some people have been saying is not just a rumor it's right. happening but the problem then is like well if you say it but nothing actually changes because people are found not guilty because 
inevitably a lot of juries do not find people guilty you can't change anything you can't affect any kind of actual lasting change at all and I mean without some kind of legislative effect or some kind of blatant civil or civic like change that is widespread and complete I don't know that there really is going to be a difference which is kind of sad and fatalistic to say yeah but the problem is is that like you know those those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it the problem is that history's been so much on repeat we're wearing a groove in the, in that in that CD or that record i mean like it's it's getting like deeper and deeper yeah I, you know i it's it's so weird to uh to sit back and think about um just how often we have to say the same things and and you know wind up repeating ourselves about um very very similar issues um but 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 you know we have to and one thing that i that i will mention about Milwaukee that that i really kind of wanted to get in there before we do talk about a little bit of news cuz we do talk about games here is uh there, I, I love Milwaukee as a city. I think it's a great city. Uh, has a lot of charm. It's, it's very inexpensive. Uh, the people there, for the most part, are great. Um, but there's there's one thing that I've noticed uh, driving around the city, and it's not that large of a downtown area. The downtown area is they've done a really good job of of you know making it a, a place where people can go and do lots of really fun stuff. Um, when you drive up the hill to where the black folks stay, and that's literally what happens, you drive yep. up the hill, yeah. the road from the light where downtown ends to where the, you know, where the hood starts changes dramatic and immediately. Mm-hmm. You go from paved roads to potholes yeah. in an intersection. And if you think that that doesn't have an effect on the psyche of the residents, let me tell you, you are wrong. You know, yes, there are there are times where you can sit back and you can say, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, that you can say that people that are disenfranchised live in these areas that are depressed and they keep them looking depressed. That even when there are attempts to beautify those areas, uh, there are there are, are bad actors within those neighborhoods that will take those attempts and throw them literally down the drain. Um, but the roads, yeah. if the if you if the city doesn't care enough to make sure that the cars that are traveling from one side of the street to literally literally the other side of the street. Um, can travel safely, then why would anybody else care about anything else in in you know in those areas and and for the city at you know if you live in those areas in the city at large, you know the city obviously doesn't care about you, so why do you care about the city? Well, yeah, that's 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 how that's most especially post-industrial cities I've seen very segregated and you can 
immediately tell where you are because that's how Pittsburgh is. That's how Cleveland is. Um, you, you know, that's how a lot of these, not only in the Midwest, but, you know, like a lot of, the, you know, the big old steel uh, places and, you know, and like the big industries, obviously Detroit and areas like that. You can immediately tell when you're in the black area, like by the roads and, and, and by the buildings and the signs. Like it's, you, you know, even when, you know, in in my drive to work, I kind of go from, you know, from like a kind of mixed area to I would say uh, to a black area then to a white area and and you can even if you had never been to Milwaukee before you could drive down that street and if somebody asked you you know where you are and there was nobody kind of walking around like you'd be able to tell immediately and yeah. and that's messed up it's messed right. up yeah mm-hmm. well well I mean that's that's kind of why I was saying like you know New Orleans is like that bubble because like there's so much where you had poor areas next to rich areas and back and forth. And that's one of those elements where it's like, that's not, that's not usual. You're not going to find that kind of like intermingling of, of class structure and everything else. But in other places like rest of the state, other, other parts of the country, everything else. Yeah. You do have that kind of like obvious splinter where it's like, Oh, you know where the hood is versus you know where this other part is and and it's 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 not necessarily to say that it's a bl- it, that it it's blighted but it's like it, it's it is a blight of resources it is it is literally it is is a dearth of resources that are being made available and right. when you when people have to make a dollar out of 15 cents and they don't have a dime or a nickel then right. there's only so much that they can do to actually, you know, try to do what they need to do. And that just like you were saying, see, about like the potholes, like well, if you can't like you can't make it down the road because your car gets beat up if you can even afford a car or your car right. hasn't had a problem just to try to get to, you know, like drop your kids off at a school that maybe doesn't have heat or doesn't have <laughs> like all the things that they need yeah. because mm-hmm. their their equipment is outdated cuz God knows. I mean, my parents taught in those kind of schools in in New Orleans, where it's like you know some of them didn't have didn't have air and didn't have heat, and they had old textbooks. And it was one of those things where like you know the kids had had trouble eating because they didn't necessarily have the food on the table. And then right. you have to drive out of where you are, past all the places that actually do have things, which makes you resentful because you can't afford it. To finally get to your job, which might be what half an hour, hour away, hour and a half away, more, depending, because that's where you manage to get a job to be able to provide for your family, and then you got a truck back, because that's the only place you can afford, or that's the only place you can go. I mean, it it, it is a it, the the cycle is perpetual, and yep. it's 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 sad, and and that's part of the the massive issue is that like, you know. Cut, it, it kind of cuts back all the way to to kind of like what we were talking about earlier about diversity, not to to, to tie everything together, but it shouldn't <laughs> be a situation where, in many ways, you feel like you're a unicorn. You feel like because I I am not this statistic, I am whatever. You know, it should it should not have to be a circumstance where people that don't have don't feel like they can never have. 
even if they happen to be accomplished or or have the skills to improve, but they are never given the chance to demonstrate it. Right. And that's a huge problem. I mean, like, like I think in many ways, if anything, at least for me, that's also one of the reasons why that advocacy side of, of our organization actually, like, appeals to me. Because in some ways, we actually feel like we can possibly make a difference. It's right. not necessarily going to break every cycle, but it might break something. And if you can break something, then maybe you can actually put something on the road to getting better. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that that is exactly what it's all about. And, you know, I think that when when we did our Mike Brown show, um, it was it was a form of catharsis for us um, because, uh, you know, you talk about uh, kids not having the food to eat um, necessarily. Um, you know, we've often heard about food deserts. I think that for a lot of a lot of us. A lot of people of color that are professionals, um, we we work and exist in diversity deserts, mm-hmm. and um, it, it it's it's is like I said, it's a form of catharsis for us to be able to sit, um, you know, the three of us, Reef, uh, Khalif, and, and myself, to kind of talk about what's going on in our lives. Um, but I think I think for the people that are listening. It is also a form of catharsis for them to know that they are not alone um, when when they don't necessarily have uh, that person to with whom to commiserate um, the fact that we're able to say the things that they're thinking and allow them to nod their heads as as we're saying what we're saying is part of the reason that we do it. The other part is so that. Uh, you know, so that the allies have talking points and so that we can do just a little bit to help mm-hmm. everyone move forward. And, you know, and we're, you know, no one's coming around with all the answers unless, you know, if you want to sit down and, and uh, have some bourbon with me, I'll give you three or four um, because I am Caesar's. Um But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, but I mean, but it is, it isn't, necessarily about having all the answers it's about being able to uh open the dialogue and and create a situation where we can have some uh positive forward momentum to to make the changes that that we all want to see in the world yeah and 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 this all i mean this all ties into you know us being a gaming show because obviously you know like we're people first right and I know it definitely affects my habits uh, when I'm going through this kind of stuff like sometimes I you know want to just zone out to something you know so I'll just fire up something that I know I don't have to really think a lot about that to get my mind off of you know off of you know some of these really hard issues of seeing these hashtags and and of you know of like people getting murdered basically um you know and there's sometimes where you know i can't play games and i'm just talking with my girlfriend and you know crying or just stressed out or whatever so it you know this you know like like all these things that we talk about here i know for me personally it has a big effect on you know not only how i play games but how i even see the games that i am playing like i might be you know, more numbed or more triggered um, for some content that I wouldn't normally be, you, you know, if if my emotions are, you know, sort of like at the height 
um, you know, after, after uh, dealing with, you know, David Clark saying I'm a terrible person, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which is which is kind of sad because in many ways, like you know, the game is supposed to be your escape. But in, if if basically at times you're sitting back and going like, well, you know, I can't really even escape that much because w- what am I going to do? Like I'm going to blow something up. I'm going to I'm going to play place something. You know, like like at times it almost like infects what you might be playing. So like you could be you know playing like call of duty or battlefield and all of a sudden it's like well i don't really feel like playing that right now and yep, right. You, you know you might want to play something else and like well i don't really feel like playing that right now and then you're just sitting there going like well now even my form of of relaxation has been taken away and that's that's just like right you know it, that that's where it becomes even even worse yeah 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 uh y- you know we we love each other. Um, you know, we, we, uh, Milwaukee, uh, keep your head up, you know, much love from Chicago, uh, America, keep your head up. Um, as, as, as we celebrate, you know, here's a, here's a coda for you guys. As we celebrate, um, the American dominance and American excellence, hashtag American excellence, um, in, in athletics, from the Olympics, um, I, I, I want to talk about really quickly the medal ceremony from the women's 110 meter hurdles, where the Americans swept first, second, and third. Uh, as the first time the American, uh, the first time American women have swept an event, and it was the first time the 110 meter women's hurdles was swept in Olympic history uh, at the medal ceremony. Uh, the woman was receiving the gold medal. And if you've watched the Olympics, if you watched the Olympics this year, you saw that everyone, all of the medal recipients got a Chotsky from some person, you know, some weird amorphic thing. Um, well, the, the, the woman who gave gave the gold medal winner um, her tchotchke was a Brazilian woman of color. I was a a black Brazilian woman. And you can only hear her say one thing. And she said, black is excellent, isn't it? And, 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 Hmm. and she, and the, and the gold medal winner repeated, yeah, black women are excellent. And, wow. and they and they smiled, and you could hear it clearly over the over the over the radio. I'm over the radio. I'm old. Over the television screen. <laughs> over the transistor radio. <laughs> the tra- right. On the tubes. Over um, the tubes. Down into yeah. the Olympics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look here, as we're down here, real. All of a sudden, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but we have hurdles. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, I mean, the thing, the thing is, um, as, as a culture, as a people, um, you know, we sing, we shall overcome, but I, you know, I, I, we, we shall, we shall persevere and we have persevered and, and we continue to show why, uh, black is beautiful is not just a saying, but is is really a reality. And and I think that uh, 
um, you know, we should continue to embrace that and, and continue to have pride in who we are as a people and who we are as a culture. Um, and uh, I think that uh, Bricago should have pride in who we are as as a community and what we have as a show. And this show was fantastic. Um, uh, thanks to thanks in no small part to the one and only Mr. Jeff Haynes. Jeff, so, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Definitely want to uh, swing by another time. You know, Please just do. kick it with all you guys. Right on. So uh, yeah, Damp that really passport to Chicago. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, you you know you can go ahead and there there are still plenty of uh, wonderful condos here in Chicago. Um, <laughs> you can you can uh, take up roots whenever you like. Um, we've we've loved everything that you've done um, at IGN. Um, Bricago has now heard about everything that you're doing over at commonsense.org. Um, repeat again um, where people can go, even though I just said it, and uh, tell the people where they can find stuff for commonsense.org if they want to contribute uh, either their time or their money to commonsense.org, where they can go, and uh, how they can contact you to let you know how dope you are. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Um, you know, you can always uh, check out Common Sense Media or CommonSense.org, which will also bring you to uh, all three of the the uh, pillars that we focus on with the organization, which is the media side, the education side, the advocacy side. There's also the kids action side, which is uh, also uh, kind of building out outside of the uh, advocacy side to give kids a voice and a champion for uh, for themselves in in uh, action related to kids and families uh, so definitely check out uh, uh, Common Sense and commonsensemedia.org uh, you can also hit them up on Twitter which is at Common Sense uh, if you're looking wow. for uh, my stuff how they get that Twitter account? oh you know just uh, a lot, lot of work a lot of work <laughs> putting in the work you know uh uh, like I said, uh, I, I do the uh, the games and the websites, but you can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Haynes ninety nine, and uh, yeah, you know, just staying on the grind, staying on the hustle. Word up, uh, Reef. Uh, why don't you give the social media business for a spawn on me? Uh, I love, I love. I was prepared this that. time because I knew All right, you right saying on. that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, if you guys want to check out this episode or any episode in our wonderful archive, you could go to spawnon.me. Um, that'll give you links to all of our episodes. That'll give you photos of our guests, links to other shows that we've been on, um, as well as profiles of your wonderful hosts uh here so like so like we'll we'll be adding jeff's face to the guest list yes. uh so that he has access to bricago in the future um yeah i'll find a place by the lake there you go. <laughs> yeah um and you can also check us out at esn.fm slash spawn on me as well we are part of the electric shadow network so you could check out our yes. episodes there as well um if you want to follow us on twitter that is at spawn on me um or you can follow us individually at sharif jackson at stubby stan or at kaja kins um and if you want us at, on facebook 
go to facebook.com slash spawn on me um, but just try to avoid the various political debates between family members that you probably want to avoid anyway if you're on Facebook (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you you can uh, also check us out on iTunes on on, uh, Google Play Um, and I I forgot we're not on Stitcher anymore no Um, we're not so I won't say that, but actually I'll edit that out. Um, but uh, if if you go to those podcast places and you type in "spawn on me," you can subscribe in your uh, podcast reader of choice to get the stuff delivered to your face on Tuesdays, which is when we release our episodes. Yeah, uh, remember to rate and review and send us. Uh, reader mail. We need some mailbag stuff. We need mailbag submissions. Go to spawn on me podcast at gmail.com oh, right. and you can uh, send us emails and uh, do all that good stuff there. Uh, I mean, really, that's about it. Also, if, while you're doing submissions, uh, No Man's Sky is out. No Man's Sky is polarizing. It is definitely something that people are talking about and and a lot of people are loving. So if you see something beautiful, if you see something ugly, if you see something that you've never seen before, make sure you submit it to allourskies.com. That is allourskies.com. Check that check that site out. There's some really really great stuff going up there. Um so uh yeah, that's I think that is about it. Um this has been episode 130 of the Spawn on Me podcast. For our guest Jeff Haynes and for Sharif Jackson and for the uh dearly departed Colleen Adams. <laughs> dearly departed? That's even worse than deposed. How do you go from deposed to departed? Well what? apparently if he if he deposed him, he made him departed. That's right. Wow. That's right. He's starving. He's starving. He ain't got no Popeyes. He's stuck in he's stuck in the hole with no Popeyes. Uh, I, I will bring you some churches, Kyle. I, right. I, I will drop some churches. Do the greets. They, they run by the clan, yo. Um, <laughs> I am I am Cicero Holmes. Uh, we are Bricago. And we say peace. Peace.